happening. Our top story tonight, the franchise tag deadline has come and gone. Saquon Barkley, Josh Jacobs, and Tony Pollard, though we expected Tony Pollard, he was never getting a long-term deal, will all play the season under the franchise tag. Saquon and Josh Jacobs do not plan to attend training camp, and both are threatening to hold out for the, at least the start of the season. Week one is officially a question mark for both players. We're going to cover all that and the fantasy football implications of both, whether or not they hold out, what the Giants and Raiders should do, and more on player profiling today. Really is unfortunate. Neither Josh Jacobs nor Saquon Barkley will be given a long-term deal. The running back position has been completely devalued by the NFL. Derek Henry saying, you may as well just get rid of the running back position because who wants to play running back anymore? Even the best of the best, Derrick Henry, he's making $12 million this year. Saquon and Josh Jacobs will make $10.091 million. Basically, $10.1 million. But that will be if they play all 17 games, or at least are on the active roster for all 17 games. Obviously, they get paid if they're injured, but they must sign their franchise tag to receive that money. Otherwise, divide that number by 17. That is the per-game check that they'll be getting. And it's unfortunate. It really is, because the running back position, in terms of the punishment that they undergo, it is a job that deserves high pay. We pay undesirable jobs more money to get people to do them. And the running back position at this point is an undesirable job. You're just taking all of this beating, whether it's running the ball, whether it's as a pass blocker, whether it's as a receiver and the compensation's not very desirable either. So we're going to see a transition at some point where all these young kids are going to start to be wide receivers instead of running backs. It's going to be interesting to see how this evolves over time. But for now, here we are. Saquon Barkley says it is what it is. Does not plan to attend training camp. Week one is a question mark, though. I think Saquon Barkley is going to play out the season. He's going to show up right at the end of training camp. He's not going to play any preseason games, but he's going to show up right at the end, get his body right, put in the work, and hopefully put out the tape that will get him paid next offseason. Josh Jacobs, I'm a little bit less sure. I'm not sure if he is going to play for the Las Vegas Raiders or not. I don't know. Well, I, he's going to play for the Raiders at some point, but I don't know how many games he'll miss if he's going to miss any. It's been a bad offseason for the running back position. Joe Mixon, Aaron Jones, those two took pay cuts. Ezekiel Elliott, Dalvin Cook, Leonard Fournette, they were all cut. Kareem Hunt still out there. Austin Eckler, he wanted a trade. No team was willing to give up the requisite draft capital to trade for Austin Eckler, who also wanted an increase in contract. It sucks to be a running back right now. You're underpaid, underappreciated, undervalued. But when you're under the same franchise tag, 
as all other players when you're under the same salary cap as all other players and running back is the least valuable position it's between running back and tight end it gets devalued teams spend more money on the more valuable positions and that's why next to collective bargaining agreement there needs to be some sort of provisions for running backs because a rookie running backs contract all their value is in that rookie contract and they're getting paid peanuts compared to their peers and so there should be certain thresholds if you reach a thousand yards rushing that's a threshold you get paid a million extra you catch so many balls a million extra certain percentage of snacks million extra there are ways around this to see that running backs are fairly compensated because as long as the current structure of the salary cap exists they are not going to pay why would you why would you pay a non-valuable position when you don't have to they aren't going to miss accruing another year in the league that is what i said joe that is what i mean by they will return at some point. They can miss up to six games and still accrue a season head towards free agency. So that's the most. I don't think Saquon's going to miss a single game. I really don't. I think Saquon is going to play all 17, or at least he's going to be active for week one. I don't know about Josh Jacobs. He may hold out a couple of games just to save his body, knowing that otherwise the Raiders are going to run him into the dirt. Happy to have PJ Kennedy on the show. As always, backup wide receivers making more than running backs. NFLPA needs to step in and make a change. Unfortunately, it won't happen for a while because the CBA is not up for quite a while. NFL GM starting to manage teams like fantasy members. Oh, mad scientist. Always a pleasure to have you on the show. And always a pleasure to promote the injury finder. Ooh, you got to check out the Injury Finder. It is fan-freaking-tastic. Now, as we at Player Profiler have become a full-blown machine learning company, the crowning achievement has to be the Injury Finder. We're now taking BMI data and injury history data and assigning a probability that a player is injured on any given touch. And not only can you see a player's fragility rating, their injury risk, we also have analysis from professional physical therapists breaking down all the major players that underwent surgery last year and what their rehabilitation looks like heading into 2023. There's a tool to compare players. There's a database where you can say, show me all the foot injuries, show me all the severe injuries, show me all the injuries requiring surgery. It provides you the key market intelligence to know what is the difference in probability that player X versus player Y will miss games this year. It's great for fantasy football, and it also just satisfies your curiosity as a fan. Go to the App Store, go to Google Play, download it. It's 5 bucks every year just to reload the latest injury predictions and fragility ratings. The 2023 data is live now. Open your phone and get smarter. Hey, it's the Podfather of great news. The 2023 draft kit is live. It is world famous. Why? Because it is the best resource for winning fantasy football championships that exists. There are rankings and cheat sheets for every format you can imagine. We have projections both at the team level and the player level. And wherever you are, you can click on a player, open them up, and see in-depth written analysis about what to expect in fantasy football from that player this year. And then you can click on the team, and you can get even more in-depth analysis, all the drivers of fantasy production both in a positive and negative direction for that team, including a signature trend. And the graphics are incredible. So these team insights, they give you the team-level projections, the vacated targets, the vacated ARs, and that one dynamic for each team 
that you need to know when making decisions on draft day. And we added a bunch of features. I mean, individual cheat sheets for Theo and Billy and Dario. So you could take your favorite analyst and download their personal draft cheat sheet. And then in the commissioner's section, also brand new this year, Memphis Young lays out everything you need to know to manage a league, do's, don'ts, tips, and what the more innovative fantasy commissioners are doing this year. That's presented by Trophy Smack. The whole package is presented by the Fantasy Football Players Championship, the FFPC, Ray Garvin, Derek Brown, the best minds in the industry contributing analysis. It's certainly not the most inexpensive draft kit on the market, but uh, it is the best. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Playerprofiler.com slash draft kit. Go get it. Go and get it. And moving on to the New York Giants, he turned down around $13 million. That's not chump change, y'all. That is cap, according to Saquon Barkley. He may have been offered $13 million per year, but it's the guarantees that actually matter. The raw numbers don't matter because most of the time you're not going to see that total number. So $13 million a year, eh, not quite Rubio. That is slightly inaccurate. He was going to receive less than that because of the guarantees that would have been in this contract. Same with Josh Jacobs. Remember, guarantees are what matter. The rest of the money that's not guaranteed, that's all funny money. That's all fake. That doesn't actually exist. You are unlikely, unless you are a quarterback, you are unlikely to see that money. Happy to have the Harry Snowman on the show as always. Dalvin Cook to New England hype heating up. It is heating up. Dalvin Cook now the favorite to go to the New England Patriots, but it is still plus odds. It hasn't plummeted to minus odds like it did with DeAndre Hopkins and the Titans. We'll keep an eye on that. Wouldn't that suck? Wouldn't that just suck for Ramondre Stevenson if they signed Dalvin Cook? Just completely destroys Pierre Strong too. Ugh. But anyways, the New York Giants, the New York Giants have to operate as though Saquon Barkley will not be there week one. I believe he will be, but it would be irresponsible for the Giants to enter week one, have no idea if Saquon Barkley is going to show up or not, and start Matt Breida at running back. The five foot nine, hundred and ninety-five pound, twenty-eight year old Matt Breida. Once upon a time, he had four four speed. He had a hundredth percentile burst, but we haven't really seen that on the field a whole lot lately. Fifty-four carries last year, twenty receptions. That's interesting enough for a backup running back, especially one that saw the field as little as Matt Breida. And then over the last three years, we've only seen 139 carries for Matt Breida, only 36 receptions, only 785 yards from scrimmage over the past three years, which is wild when you think Matt Breida went for over 1,000 yards in 2018, 1,030 yards from scrimmage in 2018 for Matt Breida, and then kind of nothing for the rest of his career. But now he's the starter. Technically, why would the Giants not pay a generational player? It's unfortunate. It really is. It's because running backs don't matter as much as receivers or offensive linemen. Running backs are less valuable than other positions in the NFL. And when they all fall under the same salary cap, you're going to pay the less valuable positions less, even if what they do at work is worth more. 
the beating that they take. Dalvin State signs with New England. Great for Raheem Mostert and Jeff Wilson. Absolutely. All league incentives will do is create field time for those who aren't threatening to cross lines. IMO. I don't agree with that at all. Uh, I think that is silly. PJ Kennedy, Brita isn't very good. No, he is not. I said around 13 million. It was still quite a bit off from $13 million. You got to be careful when you just parrot what the raw number is. It doesn't matter. Raw number does not matter. It's all about the guarantee. But Matt Breida is backed up by Eric Gray. Eric Gray is nothing particularly special either. 467 speed, that's 20th percentile speed at 510, 207 pounds. He's a satellite back, but not a particularly fast one, though he does have good burst, 73rd percentile burst, drafted in the fifth round. Great receiver. In college, 87th percentile target share, 30 receptions in nine games when he broke out in 2020, 33 receptions in 12 games. Eric Gray seems like the kind of back that can hang on an NFL roster, be that second, third back coming on third downs for his career. But that's a lot to ask from a fifth round rookie, especially when he's number two to Matt Breida. Because Gary Brightwell, he's not it either. 5'11", 218 pounds. Four six seven speed. Gary Brightwell is just a plotter. Fifth percentile agility. Now he does average five yards per touch in his NFL career, though. Part of that is six receptions, only 190 yards in his career. One touchdown. Gary Brightwell. He's if he's the RB three, it's just gross. It's just absolutely gross. Jay Sean Corbin was active for one game last year, didn't play a snap. They elevated him from the practice squad to give him a little bit extra money because you get the game day active, even if he didn't play him. But still, Jay Sean Corbin, the Giants like him, but 5'11", 202 pounds, 4.65 speed, that's 19th percentile speed, only 41st percentile burst. This is just not a backfield that is going to offer anything fantasy relevant without Saquon Barkley. This is the worst backfield in the NFL without Saquon Barkley by far, unless they go out and sign Leonard Fournette. And yes, Disco Stu, that is exactly what I think. I think they go out and sign Leonard Fournette. That way, if Saquon Barkley does hold out, if Saquon Barkley misses those six games, I don't think he will, but if he does, Leonard Fournette can be a bell cow. He can handle over 60% of the opportunity. And then that leaves 25, 30% for Matt Breida. And then that leaves another 10% for Brightwell or Gray or Corbin or whoever the third back is that week. And that's a sustainable offense for the start of the season. Or if Saquon Barkley does come back, he's not going to come back in full shape. He's not going to be ready for 80% of the touches in week one. So they can ease him back, have a 50-50 split between Fournette and Saquon Barkley as Saquon Barkley adjusts back into NFL action. This is the perfect scenario. It helps Leonard Fournette. He gets to showcase his ability. It helps the Giants because it gives them help with Saquon Barkley not attending training camp, and it prevents Matt Burita from seeing the field in a lead-back role. The Giants absolutely need to sign a running back. I think it should be Fournette because he's the only one that can be a bell cow, but it could be Ezekiel Elliott and Zeke could handle 50% of the opportunities. I don't think he's pushing 60, but 
50% for Zeke for a little bit of time. It could work. Kareem Hunt, yeah, even worse. I, I don't really want to see Kareem Hunt there because he's more of a 40% opportunity type player at this point in his career. I don't know. I don't know. I just really, really, really hope that the Giants will sign someone because this cast of characters, Matt Breida, best comparable to CJ Spiller. Yikes. Eric Gray, best comparable to Brandon Bolden, who we'll get to in a moment. Gary Brightwell, Gary Brightwell, borderline NFL talent. Jay Sean Corbin, borderline NFL talent. So go out and sign Leonard Fournette. As for the Raiders, though, I think the Raiders are going to be just fine without Josh Jacobs. We've got Zamir White, six foot, 214 pounds, blazed at the combine, 4-4 speed. That's 96 percentile speed, a 64th percentile burst. So Zamir White, athletic as hell, great at running the ball in college. He didn't get to do it as much as you would hope for a potential lead back, but that's because he went to Georgia. None of these Georgia backs get a full workload dating all the way back to Todd Gurley because they had to give carries to Nick Chubb and Sony Michelle. Same with Nick Chubb. He had to split time with Sony Michelle and DeAndre Swift. DeAndre Swift had to split time with Zamir White. Zamir White had to split time with DeAndre Swift. He had to split time with James Cook, who ended up going second round, and he had to split time with Kenny McIntosh, who ended up getting drafted sixth round as well. So always take the stats with these Georgia running backs with a grain of salt. He was an impressive college player. He is a dominant college athlete, and he's going to be that lead back for the Las Vegas Raiders, though it will be closer to a committee. This is looking more like the classic Josh McDaniels backfield. Isn't it weird that Josh McDaniels finally has a bell cow, which he never did in New England, finally does it with the Raiders, but he also leaves, and the Patriots also finally have a bell cow. Just so interesting that maybe they were both holding each other back from having a bell cow. But either way, without Josh Jacobs, this is going to be a split backfield. Zamir White is going to be the lead back. You'll see anywhere from 45 to 60% of the opportunity. It's probably not going to be 60% of the opportunity. That would be in games that they are winning. But that's not going to happen a whole lot for the Raiders. And Zamir White is not a pass-catching back at all. He had nine receptions in 2021. That was a career high. Just wasn't used in the passing game because they had James Cook and they had Kenny McIntosh. So I'm not saying he can't do it. We just haven't seen it and we can't rely on it. Amir Abdullah is going to see a healthy amount of snaps if Josh Jacobs is out. 25 receptions last year, 38 receptions the year before. Amir Abdullah just a solid satellite back, but he's not a threat for carries. Only four carries last year as the RB2, Amir Abdullah. That's only one more carry than Devontae Adams. That's tied with Matt Collins for the running back that played the most snaps after Josh Jacobs. Of course, Brandon Bolden ended up seeing carries ahead of Amir Abdullah for some reason. Abdullah played more snaps, but Brandon Bolden mixed in there. It was just It's just weird. It's a weird backfield for the Las Vegas Raiders, but Lots of specialists. Zamir White can be the LeGarrette Blunt, the Stephen Ridley, whoever you want him to be. Amir Abdullah currently operating as the James White, the Rex Burkhead, whoever you want him to be. That's the role he's playing. Brandon Bolden is Brandon Bolden. He's playing the role that he had for the New England Patriots special teamer, RB3-4. And then Britton Brown, last year's seventh round pick. Zero touches last year. But 
They drafted him, kept him on the roster all season last year. He is expected to take over for Brandon Bolden as that RB3. And if Josh Jacobs isn't there week one, then maybe, yeah, the Raiders do keep all four running backs. I can't believe the Raiders kept five running backs all season last year, but they did. I don't see that happening again. But week one, if Josh Jacobs isn't there, they'll have all four running backs. Zamir White will be the one you want to roster. Amir Abdullah, due to the trailing nature of the Las Vegas Raiders, he'll have some spike weeks. Amir Abdullah is going to have a six reception game. He's going to have a touch. He's going to score touchdowns because the Raiders are going to be trailing so much because they're so bad. But unlike the Giants, the Raiders are fine. They don't need to panic. They can get by without Josh Jacobs, which just creates a standstill. Josh Jacobs doesn't want to be there. Doesn't want to show up early because he knows they're going to run him into the ground. But he's also not that valuable to the Raiders because they are not in a win now position. So it's just, it's ugly. It is ugly for the Las Vegas Raiders. Ugly for the New York Giants. We will keep you updated again. I don't believe Saquon Barkley will miss any time. I think Josh Jacobs probably returns pretty early. I don't think he misses six games. Maybe he misses one or two. We will keep you updated as the season goes on with these running backs. I just wish they signed a long-term extension. That would have just made our lives so much more simple. But speaking of a long-term extension, DeAndre Hopkins did sign one. Before we get to that, though, just want to talk about our friend Mark Garcia, a.k.a. the new host of the First Mover podcast. Stick around in 40 minutes. At 8 o'clock p.m. Eastern, you can catch First Mover, make its debut episode with Mark Garcia as the host. Can't wait. It is must-see television. And then, immediately after First Mover, is Kiss the Ring Memphis Young, who you all know and love. He's been on the show. He is fantastic. He's going to be talking with Ryan McDowell, one of, if not the sharpest dynasty minds in all of fantasy football. Player profile going to be pumping out some great content right after this. So make sure you stick around. Make sure you tune in. But anyways, back to DeAndre Hopkins. We found out how his contract breaks down. He receives 250K if he reaches 750 yards. Then he'll receive an additional $500,000 if he hits 850 yards. An additional 750K if he hits 950 yards. So 950 yards. For DeAndre Swift means he's making $1.5 million extra. And he to- if he tops 1050 that will be an extra million dollars. So that's $2.5 million in incentives for the yardage. He can make the same $2.5 million for catches. If he reaches 95 catches, that is all of his incentives. And then for touchdowns, if DeAndre Hopkins catches 10 touchdowns, he gets an additional million. Quite a contract that DeAndre Hopkins laid out, but remember, we talked about it last night. DeAndre Hopkins is far from washed. He is still an elite separator. He is still an elite route runner, and he is still an elite target commander. So while DeAndre Hopkins is arguably worst-case scenario with the Tennessee Titans, I still think that's pretty damn good. DeAndre Hopkins, he's going to be a wide receiver one. We talked about it yesterday too. Traylon Burks, 
Traylon Burks is better than Corey Davis. At least I believe that. And Traylon Burks in an offense that is going to pass more than it did in 2020 with Corey Davis and AJ Brown. Traylon Burks, there is plenty of room for Traylon Burks to finish as a wide receiver too, while DeAndre Hopkins finishes as a wide receiver. What? Hey, I want to take a moment to thank you for tuning in. It's important to me that all of our media be free. This is only possible because of you allowing a true independent sports media enterprise to thrive unlike any other in the business. So please subscribe to the All In Package to continue to make all this possible to ensure that all of our stats, information, data, content is available to you, especially you, the people that get the site and get the show.